Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Mod Path Chat the official podcast of Modern Pathology, featuring interviews with authors and experts on the latest science, technology, and developments in the field of pathology. Your host, Dr. George Netto, is the editor-in-chief of Modern Pathology and the chair of pathology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Here's Dr. Netto. Welcome to Mod Pass Chat. It's my great pleasure today to host Dr. Christina Seizing and Professor Karen Gerstrom from the Departments of Oncology and Pathology at Lund University and Skane Hospital in Sweden. We will be discussing the recent open access uh, manuscript that was published in uh, recently in uh, Modern Pathology on the heterogeneity of molecular alterations in cases of advanced widely metastatic uh, colorectal carcinoma. Thank you both for accepting my invitation. Thank you, Dr. Neto. Thank you very much, Dr. Neto, for inviting us. It's a pleasure, and uh, 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 we uh, we love uh, the fact that we at Modern Pass get uh, to interact uh, with a lot of European colleagues, and uh, that makes uh, Mod Pass uh, chat even more uh, exciting for our audience uh, throughout the world. So let's uh, talk about uh, your study. Can you uh, tell us, uh, in a way of background, uh, what was the problem and why uh, you did the study? in widely metastatic cancer of the colon? Well, uh, as a clinical oncologist, I often see patients with peritoneal carcinomatosis. And we see, I mean, if, if, they're, if, they're, if they don't have so much carcinomatosis, we treat them with cytoreductive surgery and HIPEC, but a lot of them relapse and they come to us in the oncology clinic. And we see that they answer quite poorly to the chemotherapy we give them. Uh, but I mean, it's still, we still see that some answer, but some don't have an answer at all to the chemotherapy. And that's when you get curious. You want to know why. Yeah. Excellent. So finding predictor. So the response is not universal and you're hoping uh, to find other molecular markers and maybe heterogeneity of, I guess, is, is the, yeah. uh, the concept in this study. Perfect. So, uh, uh, so can you uh, tell us uh, about your cohort? How many patients? Uh, I realize it's a small cohort, but uh, extensively sampled, correct? 
Yeah. Uh, in the end, we have a cohort of, with seven patients, and we have 88 uh, samples from different um, regions. We have from the primary tumors, the lymph nodes, the carcinomatosis, and in one case, also from a liver metastasis. Yeah. So the peritoneal implants, and I noticed you also did uh, uh, implants and in addition to the primary. Uh, so up to 19, if, if I remember correctly, per patient, up, up to 19 samples. And, and what's the technique you used? Uh, so we, first of all, we, for every patient, we constructed what we call a single patient tissue ship. That is a tissue microarray block where we take samples from uh, one or more um, uh, tissue cores from um, each available block with primary tumor, uh, with a peritoneal deposit, any lymph node metastasis and, and so on. And... Um, Alongside with the TMA construction, we also take cores for DNA uh, extraction. So uh, we try to, we, 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 well, they can be considered parallel samples. So we can look both at the, the genetic heterogeneity, but also with this TMA uh, block, we can really look at, at the heterogeneity also protein biomarkers. And that you did by IRC. So it's basically you build a TMA block yes. uh, for per each patient, and that's yes. you build a chip and and study it by immunohistochemistry. Uh, great. Yeah, that is actually something I think we we should use in in the clinic also um, for when we look at biomarkers. I mean, we don't have any protein protein biomarkers in use really yet. Well, we do look at MMR mismatch repair proteins in the clinic now, but. Uh, and um, but the heterogeneity is not really an issue there yet. Uh, but uh, I think uh, in the future, hopefully, we will also have more predictive and prognostic biomarkers. And then I think this uh, uh, TM, individual TMA block, what we call the, the single patient tissue ship, will be quite handy to cover for tumor heterogeneity. So you can argue we'll also cut on cost and and. Uh processing time and all that that's that's a yeah. great idea so uh, so tell me what uh, from the protein let's focus for uh, first on the uh, what were the markers that you found uh, differences or similarities among them well look at uh, sap 2 for example um, and we found that the expression was surprisingly low even um, for a metastatic cohort mm -hmm. Uh, but this has also been seen. There is um, a group in Uppsala in Sweden that have looked at ZB2 in metastatic colorectal cancer. And they also found that ZB2 was very low in uh, peritoneal carcinomatosis as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So was that, was that in the primary too that did not express or the primary did and the METs didn't or the entire? Oh, it was overall very low. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm being yes. a, supposedly a marker of a colorectal differentiation. Yes, it is. And, and uh, loss of ZB2 is generally associated also with worse prognosis, uh, more aggressive tumors. But uh, uh, it cannot be explained that we have more right-sided tumors because ZB2 is also uh, lower uh, in right-sided tumors. But I think we had a quite even yeah. distribution of, of sidedness uh, in this so it's probably a reflection of the aggressive aggressiveness of the disease. Yes, probably. Um, yeah. And other markers? 
Yeah, we looked at RBM3 too. And that's uh, a biomarker that our group has looked into mm -hmm. quite a lot. <laughs> and um, it has um, previously been shown to be associated with uh, improved prognosis in metastatic colorectal cancer, mm -hmm. and also as a marker for response to platinum-based chemotherapy. Um, and it's hard to say so much about RBN3 in this cohort, but it was quite heterogeneous actually. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to, to talk about any pattern yes. among the different patients, I think. Yeah, well, we, we know from previous works, it, it is uh, often heterogeneously expressed, but uh, we, what we saw that was potentially interesting was that uh, it seemed to be associated, high expression appeared to be associated with worse, more aggressive tumors. Um, I mean, even in, in this small series, that could be, but we, that needs to be validated, of course, in a larger series. But it could also in, in be another indication of that uh, colorectal cancer with peritoneal metastasis is actually a, a quite a distinct disease, distinct from, from other types of, of metastatic colorectal cancer with metastasis to the lung or, or liver. So, um, um, yeah, you can also argue for that if you see how um, the dissemination to the um, peritoneum goes, I guess. It's an, it can be lymphogenic or hematogenic, but it can also be a sort of direct spread to the peritoneum. Yeah. Correct. So maybe indicating is a, is a different genetics and, and different uh, phenotype. So, uh, but, but, but the RBM3, just, just to make sure I understood, was heterogeneous within the same sample, within the same patient in different samples, is that, or, or also between patients or both? Yes, both of them, yeah. Okay, that's good to know. So, uh, and finally, let's talk. So you did some uh, deep sequencing, targeted sequencing, and uh, for the usual uh, suspects, can you uh, tell us uh, what you found uh, in that in terms of uh, KRAS and what have you? Yeah, we saw that the, like the known common mutations in uh, metastatic colorectal cancer was uh, very homogeneous. Uh, but we found some other um, more um, um, unknown or not unknown, maybe less common, less, less common, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. uh, mutations. And uh, they were more um, heterogeneous among the different samples. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Within the same patient. Yeah, within the same patients. Yeah. So, so then that that probably indicates, you know, like a trunk truncal mutation, right? The alteration in KRAS, and as opposed to the clonal evolution within the same patient, that's where you see some more heterogeneity. But you kept the original KRAS change, yeah. for example, correct? We also did some hierarchical clustering of the different samples for each patient, and we in two patients we found that uh, the samples from uh, the peritoneum was clustered together with lymph node samples before they clustered with samples from the primary tumor. And so you, yeah, that's also some sort of branching, but it's hard to, to say how the dissemination uh, had gone, if it had been from the carcinomatosis to the lymph node or from the lymph node to the carcinomatosis, but yeah. So that you could not you could not conclude, but but it's interesting that the lymph node and the peritoneum are seems to be similar. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, 
very uh, interesting and uh, and these are the kind of things we don't know unless we do these detailed extensive studies that are uh, uh, somewhat costly and and time consuming but I realize this is one of uh, uh, Christina this is one of your uh, theses PhD pr program so uh, you spend a lot of time on this correct under this yeah I spend a lot of time in front of my computer. <laughs> Well, but uh, you, uh, yeah, congratulations on uh, on your PhD. And can you tell us, uh, either one of us, how uh, what is the next step? Maybe Karine, you can uh, comment on that in terms of these findings. Uh, how are they going to help us? Yeah, there is heterogeneity. There yes. is a little differences in RBM or lack of SADB. How how is that going to be helpful to our patient? Well, we don't know yet. I think this study is, is uh, must be considered a preliminary. It has generated a lot of preliminary data and, and more questions, of course, to, to be answered. And, and we will actually launch uh, an observational study on patients with metastatic colorectal cancer here in, in our hospital. Um, and uh, uh, it will start this fall and it will include all uh, patients with metastatic, curatively treated metastatic colorectal cancer. So there will be patients with metastasis to the liver, lung, uh, peritoneal carcinomatosis. And uh, uh, we plan to enroll at least 100 patients. And uh, hopefully then we will really be able to, to um, uh, decipher the difference, potential differences between the different types of, of uh, metastasis. And, and uh, I think one of the, the, the interesting questions is to see per, if uh, peritoneal carcinomatosis is an, uh, an entity of its own and, and uh, should that these patients should be uh, treated differ differently um, potentially yeah we don't know but um, if it turns out that that uh, i mean uh, uh, for example they have a very low expression of set b2 uh, and uh, yeah maybe that could be a, a sign of uh, that they should be receive different treatment different chemotherapy it could be easy i mean we because we need um surrogate markers that are uh, uh, more easy to, to uh, analyze. Like uh, if we could identify um, immunohistochemistry markers, that would be ideal. But along the road, we will, of course, look at uh, tumor genetic heterogeneity as well. And, and uh, hopefully we can do phylogenetic uh, modeling also. Um, then we need to go deeper, uh, yeah, sequence more deeper and... and um, yeah, but we look forward to that study. Uh, we also we are running a similar study on pancreatic cancer, but the problem is pancreatic cancer. We don't have so much uh, tumor because only twenty percent of the patients get resected. But uh, yeah, so I think we will start more on treatment biomarker studies here. That's what we are going to do, and the next step will be metastatic colorectal cancer. Excellent. Sounds very exciting. And uh, hopefully uh, you'll come back uh, and send us another uh, publication to Modern <laughs> Past to uh, talk great. about it, about your finding after those uh, 100 patient trial. Uh, mm -hmm. It's been uh, really a pleasure to have both of you. And uh, it's so wonderful to see an oncologist uh, being uh, mentored, uh, supervised by a pathologist. Uh, just to remind our pathology audience how important uh, it is to work together and, and uh, how much uh, oncologists have to gain from our expertise.
expertise as a pathologist. And congratulations uh, both on the study. Uh, and thank, thank you, you. Uh, for uh, coming today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Any opinions expressed in this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views of Modern Pathology, Springer Nature, UAB, or USCAP. Your ModPath chat host and scientific director is Dr. George Neto. Producers are Christina Crow, Amber Jackson, Dr. Sarah Jang, and Dr. Catherine Ketchum. Technical direction is provided by Kaminsky Productions, music by Mitch Neubauer. Thanks to the authors, reviewers, and editors of Modern Pathology for making this podcast possible.